everyone, and welcome to Trashy Divorces Midweek Edition, Trashy Breakups. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends. I'm Alicia. Thanks so much for joining us today for a little bit of summertime trash candy. It is some kind of wonderful. <laughs> we are kicking off this weekend mm-hmm. the official start of summertime here in the United States. The good old U.S. of A. And there is no place that gets me closer to summer than turning on some music by the Drifters. I love the Drifters. They will soothe your soul. And today I'm using one of their songs, Some Kind of Wonderful, (laughs) to define our episode today for the throwback in time when Diane Keaton and Al Pacino dated. Why don't I recall this? It was a very long time ago. Okay. I think this story is a little bit less trashy and more tender. Hmm. But Diane Keaton, y'all, she's all the wonderful. Apparently, Diane Keaton is the new poster girl for something uh, within the cottagecore aesthetic family Mm -hmm. called Coastal Grandmother. Love it. It's a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and no grandchildren are needed. Excellent. Which is even better. Mm -hmm. Coastal Grandmother... As a aesthetic. Core, yeah. Yeah, defined as high-quality simplicity. So I can hear many of you saying, what is Alicia going on about now? So I have a quick little explanation of Coastal Grandmother. Mm-hmm. Core. This is, yes, Coastal Grandmother Core. This is by Olivia Marcus from Stylecaster.com. She's going to break it down for us. Essentially, a coastal grandmother is an entire lifestyle inspired by the aesthetic portrait portrayed in Nancy Myers' movies. Perhaps you've always felt an affinity to Diane Keaton's character in Something's Gotta Give or Natasha Richardson's portrayal of the glamorous mom in The Parent Trap. If so, you may be a coastal grandmother. Maybe you find yourself following Ina Garten's roast chicken recipe with a cable knit sweater tied around your shoulders. That's coastal grandmother material. And finally, if you've ever felt the desire to take a long solo walk on the beach in a button down and a woven hat, there's no question that you are a coastal grandmother through and through. These are relatable types to be I think honest. coastal grandmother is a real good life goal to achieve. Mm-hmm. Diane Keaton has succeeded. She is definitely some kind of wonderful. And I think as was their relationship. Interesting. Okay. Although it has been many years since Al Pacino and Diane Keaton met when they were both cast in The Godfather in 1972. Wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going back a long time. This is why I don't remember. Because you were not born. I was not alive. Diane Keaton will admit to having fallen hopelessly in love with her on-screen husband during the filming of that movie. And no one expected The Godfather to be the hit that it turned out to be. Hmm. There were a lot of obstacles in the way of that movie being made. But today it's considered, right, one of the greatest movies oh, of all classic, time. Oh, classic, yeah. Both Al Pacino and Diane Keaton were both relatively unknown actors, I'm not going to say it's each of their breakout roles, but it is one of the things that puts each of them both on the map. But once, like, right, once the movie's released, they're household names. They were a couple for a very long time, and it ended in a heartbreaking split, leaving everyone wondering what had gone wrong. Let's get into it. Diane Hall 
<laughs> was born January 5th, 1946, Capricorn girl in Los Angeles, California. Her mom is a homemaker. Her dad is a civil engineer. Diane becomes interested in the acting game after <laughs> her mother wins a pageant for homemakers. She's Mrs. Los Angeles, her mom is. Diane watches all of these theatrical elements that go into the stage thing, and she's like, whoa, this is really kind of cool. I could do more of this. Diane will go to Santa Ana High School, where she definitely has a good time in the theater program. She graduates in 1968 and goes to Santa Ana College and then Orange Coast College studying acting. She will drop out in order to head to the big city of New York to pursue her acting passion. It's a big deal if you're an actor and you get your Actors' Equity Association card, but there was already a Diane Hall. Oh. So Diane has to change her name and goes with her mother's maiden name, Mrs. Los Angeles of Keaton. Okay. Diane then will join the acting troupe called Tribe and acted in their production of Hair. For nine months. Do you remember hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the movie. She then tries out for a part in Woody Allen's production of Played Again Sam, but she almost doesn't get that part because she's two inches taller than Woody Allen. And he doesn't love that that much, but in the end, those two inches did not stop her from getting the gig. Just buy the guy better shoes. <laughs> Diane Keaton will earn a Tony Award nomination wow. for that role. Good job. But like you do in the acting biz, she appears in a bunch of commercials in the film Lovers and Other Strangers, as well as a few small guest roles on TV shows just over the next year. But it is two years later that Diane gets her big break and becomes an up-and-coming Hollywood star when she is cast in The Godfather's Kay Adams, the wife of Al Pacino's character, Michael Corleone. Put her on the trashy breakup mm. depot set of The Godfather. Yeah. Let's talk about Al. Alfredo James Pacino. Alfredo. Was, Didn't know. Okay. Was born in East Harlem on April 25th, 1940. Taurus man. His parents, Rose and Salvatore, will divorce when he's really young. He's about two years old when mm. they divorce. When this happens, Alfredo James will move to the Bronx with his mom and Young baby Al lives with his mom and her parents, who were both Italian immigrants from Corleone, Sicily. Coincidence? All comes around. Alfredo doesn't go by Alfredo. He's known as Sonny to his friends. And Al is always interested in acting. He will attend the High School of Performing Arts. But mom is not too keen on Sonny's decision to become an actor. She doesn't think that's the wisest move which causes Sonny to move out (laughs) he's like forget it I know what I want to do he's trying to build his acting career and will like you do work odd jobs sometimes being unemployed sometimes sleeping rough yeah you're making those dreams come true Al Pacino will eventually audition and be accepted into the actor's studio oh where he will begin to study method acting under the legendary acting instructor Lee Strasberg. And it is in the late 1960s that Al Pacino will find some success on stage. In 1969, he will appear in Me, Natalie, which stars Patty Duke. 
but here's your Dominic Dunn connection for all my Dunn and Dunners. Al Pacino's breakout role is in 1971's The Panic in Needle Park. Oh, wow. Which is produced by Dominic Dunn. Sure, sure. Interesting. If you listen to Dunn and Dunn, Al Pacino's going to make a guest appearance in a surprise episode this week for you. Not like a literal guest appearance. No. That would be quite the get. A spiderweb guest (laughs) appearance. So stay tuned for that. There is, however, a young writer and producer by the name of Francis Ford Coppola. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe I've heard of him. He sees the panic in Needle Park and is, whoa, blown out of the water. 1972, Francis Ford insists against the wishes of Paramount Studios that Al Pacino be cast in his new film, The Godfather. Studio executives are like, no, not doing it. Who is Al Pacino? Who is this guy? Yeah. We don't know this guy. He's an unknown. No one's going to come to the theater for who? Al Pacino? No. But Francis Ford Coppola wins that argument, and The Godfather would end up launching Al Pacino into the worldwide stratosphere of fame as well. And it is here that he will meet the fellow young actor named Diane Keaton Hmm. on the set of The Godfather in 1972. Hmm. We're going to stop here and hear a quick word from our sponsors this week and get to the romance and the breakup part. And how it all went wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. (laughs) See on the flip. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. All right, Alicia, how did these two people overcome horse heads and beds (laughs) to find their passion? It is soon clear on the set of The Godfather in 1972 that their on-screen chemistry is obvious. There's a lot of chemistry happening off-screen as well. Hmm. Now, Diane Keaton has been very open about her feelings for Al Pacino during the filming. There's a 2013 interview in The Daily Telegraph where she said, 
I was really very taken with Al from the beginning. She will expand on this in 2017, telling a little bit more to People Magazine, saying, I was mad for him. Charming, hilarious, and nonstop talker. There was an aspect of him that was like a lost orphan, like this kind of crazy idiot savant, and oh, gorgeous. Whether or not Al Pacino feels the same way is debatable, but eventually the two become a couple, but it's not until after the filming of The Godfather Part Two that they finally get together in their romance. Interesting. They make two movies together and have this suspended some kind of wonderful flirtation love without doing a thing about it, despite like despite all of her intense feelings, it takes them a little bit. Well, they had to get through the horse heads in the bed. <laughs> Maybe it just takes a while to get there. Diane Keaton will write in her 2011 memoir, Then Again, for me, the Godfathers, all three of them, were about one thing, Al. It mm-hmm. was as simple as that. Interesting. And I think that says a lot coming from such an accomplished actress and Diane Keaton's been romantically linked with a lot of her leading men. Woody Allen, Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty. Yeah. There's some kind of wonderful, there's a little bit of a tender thing here. Al Pacino, her longtime love, will reciprocate her feelings, and the two become the leading power couple in Hollywood during their years together. In a lot of ways, it seemed too good to be true. And around the same time as the release of The Godfather Part Three. Diane and Al will announce their breakup. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Although they are both sophisticated and admired celebrities for their talent and work, it turns out that when it came to their personal lives, their relationship ended for the same reason that many relationships end. But they really have remained on good terms. Diane Keaton and Al Pacino never marry. But neither one of them ever marry anyone else either. You're right. I had... I thought Pacino had not married. It, He's you're had a right. few trashy breakups, sure. but neither one of them Diane have ever Keaton married. has also never mm-hmm. married. That's fascinating. Both of them have remained famously unmarried, as well as romantically linked mm-hmm. to the spider web of Hollywood in their years. But yeah, neither one has gone down the aisle. But it is, alas, the subject of marriage that will ultimately cause the breakup for Al and Diane. Diane said that after knowing each other for so long and being a couple for several years, she really wants to marry Pacino and have a family. And Al Pacino is not really on board for the conventional course of love. Like, whatever that means to him. He's like, nope. Mm -hmm. He refuses. He declines. Thanks. We're good the way we are. I don't want to go down that path. And Diane gave him an ultimatum. So Pacino did not accept the terms of the ultimatum, and alas, the relationship was over. So on he moves. Now, about their fallout, Diane tells People Magazine, I worked hard on that one. I went about it in not a perfect way. So it seems like the, the breakup was sad, some life changes there, but with a little time and perspective, Diane Keaton has said that not getting married was the best decision. She's really been open about this in her memoirs, a lot of interviews. In 2019, she'll tell People Magazine that never getting married wasn't the worst tragedy. Quote, I don't know anything and I haven't learned. Getting older hasn't made me wiser. 
I think I'm the only one in my generation and maybe before who has been a single woman all of her life. She'll add that she thinks maybe there's something missing in her, that she lacks the nurturing tendency that husbands require. Saying, quote, I don't think it would have been a good idea for me to have married, and I'm really glad I didn't. I'm sure they're happy about it, too. (laughs) So Diane might not have chosen the traditional wife route. Sure. But her desire to be a mom did not stop. When she turned 50 years old, Diane Keaton decides to adopt. Wow. She would later talk about how her father's death inspired this decision for her to adopt children. Diane's father, John, died in 1990 of brain cancer, and on his deathbed, he will tell his daughter about some of his deepest regrets. And this will lead Diane to reflect on what she thought would be her own deepest regrets and realized for her, she would deeply regret not becoming a mother. Diane will adopt her daughter in 1996. Five years later, she will adopt a son and in 2003 go on to admit that motherhood completely changed her. It's just about like the most completely humbling experience I've ever had. I think that it puts you in your place because it really forces you to address the issues that you claim to believe in. And if you can't stand up to those principles when you're raising a child, forget it. Diane Keaton says she's never regretted her decision to become a mother. And in her memoir, she will even write about embracing motherhood. I'm sorry, but it's better than any of your fantasies about love. It is love. Well, good for her. In a 2017 interview, again with People Magazine, Diane Keaton said that she had fond memories of her many loves, including Warren Beatty and Woody Allen. She says she falls hard for Warren when the two co-star in 1981's Reds. We've talked about a little bit in his trashy breakup, Mm -hmm. I think, about that. As for Woody Allen, she said, yeah, he was hilarious and I adored him, but Al Pacino was the one I wanted to work it out with the most. After the breakup, Al will go on to have several romantic relationships. He dates Beverly D'Angelo from 1996 to 2003. That lasted a long time. I think they have kids together too, They do. They had a set of twins in 2001. Al will go on to have a long-term relationship with actress Lucilia Pollock Mm -hmm. from 2008 to 2018. But again, neither of these relationships included marriage. During which time, however, as someone who covered Leonardo DiCaprio for this very podcast not that long ago, Al Pacino was the stepfather-ish to Leo DiCaprio's current girlfriend. Fantastic. See? Spiderwebs everywhere. Everywhere. Al Pacino was asked why he never got married, and (laughs) Pacino will say that he thinks of marriage as a state of mind, not a contract. He will add here that he usually asks himself why the cops have to get involved whenever he thinks about marriage. So, another story another day. Interesting. There was one very tender, sweet, amazing, some kind of wonderful thing that happens, which is Al Pacino's tribute to Diane Keaton. In 2017, Diane Keaton receives an AFI Lifetime Achievement Award. American Film Institute Mm -hmm. Lifetime Achievement Award. It was a star-studded event with a house full of legendary Hollywood players. Diane is seated at a table of honor, naturally alongside her good friends Steve Martin and Martin Short, listening to many people, Woody Allen, Meryl Streep, Jane Fonda, 
Warren Beatty, pay tribute to her. It's a good night. And then Al Pacino comes on stage. I will find this on the YouTube and watch it. As soon as he's at the podium, Diane Keaton is visibly moved. And Al Pacino proceeds to gush about her and say that he felt like he knew her his entire life. He'll recall their first meeting and then tells a story about how Diane Keaton encouraged him and made him feel better about himself during their time together. He said he used to be really uncomfortable doing interviews, but he was leaving the house for an interview. And this is quoted. As I was leaving, she just called out to me and said, Al, you're going to be okay. Just remember, whatever you do, don't say you're an artist. (laughs) Al Pacino will end this speech by telling her, I love you forever. Hmm. And when the camera scans back to Diane Keaton, she has tears in her eyes and looks astonished. Clearly, it meant something to her to have him say that. Lo, these many years later. Some kind of wonderful... Put on some drifters. Happy summer, darlings. That's the trashy breakup that's more tender than trashy. I was going to say, that's extremely sweet. Of Al Pacino. It's some kind of wonderful. Welcome to sweet breakups and tender reminiscences. (laughs) Our new concept. (laughs) No, I think a lot of people forget that they dated. I mean, it was a little trashy at the time. Sure. But... No, I'm sure it, it was a breakup. I mean, I'm sure... Neither one never married. I just thought it was kind of an interesting insight. And I want to give some thanks to Melissa O for doing the heavy bulk of research on that one. Absolutely. Taking us back to 1972. We will have links to all sources on the website at TrashyDivorces.com, including the AFI Remembrance or AFI Award. Because anything with Steve Martin in it is also my favorite. <laughs> I know, Murders in the Building Season 2 coming back into June. Kind of turned on about that. A little, a little excited. What are y'all planning on filling your summer with? Let us know. If you need more trashy divorces, wait till Sunday. We're coming back with two new stories. If you want a surprise bonus, Done and Done is a little shifted this week. You might get a little bit of a bonus towards the end of this week. So stay tuned for that if you want a Al Pacino spiderweb. Yeah, or you can always find us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Or our public archive, which we shuffle up sometimes, is at bit.ly slash trashcandy. I need to add some new episodes to that. Mm. I may do that this weekend to celebrate summertime. Perfection. Fantastic. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Y'all are the very best. Until we meet again on Sunday. Keep your hands clean. Keep those hearts trashy. Big love, friends. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. 
If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Interested in some trashy divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.